Welcome to Gringo's Eternal Family's podcast. Gringo's Eternal Family is a ministry with the purpose of bringing God's love to the 99 and the 1. You can visit our website and check out our blog post at gringo'seternalfamily.com for more content. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's episode. Thank you. family welcome to another episode of gringo's attendant family's podcast and we are still in the series the gospel of christ jesus so today i wanted to share with you exactly why we must preach the gospel it's really important so we've been talking so far in this series about what the gospel is and we've been answering so many questions that people might have about the gospel but today we want to ask set a question why exactly should we preach the gospel okay um so i really pray that what i'm about to share with you today blesses you it admonishes you and propels you into action whether you're a believer or an unbeliever okay so when christ died on the cross the Bible said the curtain covering the holies of holies, also known as the most holy place, was turned into two. And now we can boldly go into the presence of God. This was mentioned in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 to 51. So the same thing happened in the kingdom of darkness. The gate of bondage flew wide open open and jesus went down there he took the keys of death he said revelation 1 18 says i am the living one i was once dead and now look i am alive forever and ever and i hold the keys of death and hades so jesus took the keys and opened the gates to those prisons of the devil see we were bound to sin the bible said we were bound to sin we we're bound to our iniquities and we were changed to death but christ opened the gate and we can freely walk out of that prison we can freely walk out of that bondage we can freely walk out of that death into life but the thing is not many people know that the gate is open and so therefore so many people are still in the prison Though the gate is open and we can freely walk out of it and believe in Christ Jesus and receive him as our personal Lord and Savior, many are unaware that this gate is open. They do not know that Jesus Christ has become the gate. He is now the door. He is the way to the Father and it is open to all who want to walk through him. The worst part is many don't even know that they are in prison to sin. And they are changed to death. So they see no need for them to leave a place of bondage in the first place. You see, you can't walk out of prison or desire freedom if you don't even know that you're in prison. You cannot desire freedom from death and sin if your actions do not seem sinful to you. You don't even know that you're dead. Many are in the world today and they are totally oblivious about your sinful and death-filled lifestyle. I can personally say that I was like that too. When I was in the world as an unbeliever, I saw no wrong in my sinful lifestyle. I was, I saw no wrong in masturbation, watching pornography, gossiping, having selfish ambitions, being prideful, lying, stealing, jealousy, envy. I didn't see anything wrong in these things. So I normally, naturally desired no freedom from them. I didn't know that I was in prison to sin. I didn't know that sin was my master. And death was my penalty and hell was my destination because I have not put my faith in Jesus. So I did go to church. I got convicted once in a while. 
I repented sometimes, went for all the calls. But before I knew it, I was just back to my usual sinful self. There was no change. I was still bound. I didn't know that the gate was wide open. The point is, I didn't even know exactly how to get to the gate. I didn't know that I had to put my faith in Jesus because so many things that they were preaching in church was totally not the gospel. I didn't know that all I had to do was stand up and say yes and put my faith in Jesus and enter through the gate into the kingdom of God. I had no idea that Jesus had already paid for my sins. I didn't know that he had set me free and I was only bound because I was oblivious to the freedom that was already readily made available to me. So because the devil knew this and the only scheme that he has is deception, so he kept deceiving me and is deceiving you and is deceiving so many people in the world. He kept deceiving us because that's all he knows how to do, to lie, to deceive. But you see, I can only picture the devil's face. When the gates flew open, when the veil turned into two, the veil that was separating us from God, when it tore into two, when Jesus, when the gate flew open, when Jesus died on that cross, I can only picture the panic on his face at the thought that he had lost all his captives. Because what we don't realize is the devil didn't see it coming. He wanted Jesus dead so bad, not knowing that Jesus' death was the plan. Like, eh, stupid. <laughs> like, duh. That was the plan all along. Like, he thought he was wise. But even the Bible says that the foolishness of man, even the foolishness of the devil is nothing. Like, the wisdom of man, the wisdom of the devil, like, is nothing compared to the gods. God turns everything out for good. Like, that was the plan. The devil was flabbergasted at the fact that, oh my God, he died and he rose again? Like, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't what I thought was going to happen. So, yes, I can only picture the panic on the devil's face when Jesus has died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, especially when he just thought, they thought that, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my captives. They're going to leave because Jesus has died for their sins. I didn't know that was the plan. And I will be the only one in hell. But to his utmost disbelief, unfortunately, many people did not even realize that the gate was open. And they stayed in prison. They stayed bound to chains without shaking off their chains. They stayed bound to the sinful lifestyle. So the devil probably said to himself, oh my God, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know that the gate is wide open. They don't know that Jesus is the gate. They don't even know what Jesus has done for them. They are not living. They are still staying bound to sin. So I'm just going to keep deceiving them. They are so oblivious about the great redemptive work that God has done for them. So I'm going to keep up the pretense. I'm going to keep roaring like a tormenting lion when I'm nothing but like I'm so defeated. I'm going to keep them in prison and make them feel like they're living their best lives in prison. In fact, I'm going to disguise this prison as a palace. I will make this hurt, this word, look like the best place to be. I will make them work their lives trying to make money, feel accepted, appreciated by others, fighting for likes, comments, and followers on social media. I will make them hate their bodies. I will make them age their lives and they will desire that of others. I will make them do 
all they can to build a mansion for themselves while in this prison, while thinking that this prison is a palace. They will continue to chase after the world. I will give them fame. I will give them influence. I will give them money, beauty. I will prevent them from wanting to leave this palace and seek Jesus. I'm going to pull a veil over their faces. They will not even see the light and the glory of the gospel. And some of them, I'm going to make their life extremely miserable. I'm going to inflict them with disease. I'm going to inflict them with depression, anxiety, pain. And I will push them to commit suicide. I will make them keep praying to Jesus. I will make them keep praying to God. They will be so tired and exhausted from pain and crying. They won't even be able to call out to Jesus for help. They will become accustomed to pain and suffering. They will hate themselves. They will hate others. And they will hate God. I'm going to cover their eyes with a veil. I will deafen their ears. I will harden their hearts. They will be totally blind and deaf. Just imagine these thoughts going through the minds of the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3-6 to tells us that, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Because the God of this world, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord and ourselves as the servants for Jesus' sake. So God who said, let there be light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the gospel to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of good. Matthew chapter 13 verse 13 to 15 also said that those seeing, they do not see. Those hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. They will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For these people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. And the devil will say that he will keep deceiving them to their death, that they will never even think of getting out of this prison, though the gate is wide open. He said, I will make... Them see believers as foolish people who imprison themselves to their faith in Jesus. I will make them see believers as those who refuse to enjoy their lives as hypocrites, liars, rigid, strict, and religious people. I will poison their minds so that the truth will sound offensive and irritating to their ears. While lies will be sweet and savoring to their ears. I will make them think that they're totally free. Meanwhile, they are in bondage. I will make them see Jesus as their worst nightmare. I will make them see Jesus as their enemy, rather. Meanwhile, I am their worst nightmare. They will love me and hate the world that gave his life for them. They will be my play field. I am spending eternity in hell anyway. I will as well play with them, deceive them, and take as many as possible with me. Just imagine the devil thinking of those things. And I feel like he thinks of worse things than this. That's his job. That's his 247 job. He thinks of horrible ways to make our lives miserable. Because that's all he's come to do. The Bible says he has just come to kill, steal, and destroy. He's an accuser. He's a deceiver. 
The Bible says that the devil's schemes are the same in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. They don't change. Only that is lie, it deceives, and unfortunately, they still work. I think about it like this, and I see the need to share the gospel is even more urgent to me. That is why the greatest commandment that we've been given is to love God, love our neighbors as ourselves. You see, when we love others as much as we love ourselves, we will not want to see them live a life as the devil's play toys and end up in a place that is meant only for him. That is why we've been called to go out into the world, proclaiming the good news, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of age, said Jesus. So this is why we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. No ministry is greater than this. This is the foundation of all our service and ministry as Christians. Spreading the gospel should always be our first priority. Sharing the news about death, Jesus' death and restoration, and its significance to the life of man is very, very important. That is our gospel. That Jesus is alive and because Jesus is, we are too. You see, we have a hope in us as believers that is needed by everybody. We cannot keep it to ourselves. Keeping the hope of the gospel to ourselves is selfishness. The gospel is the solution to all of life's trouble. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are very, 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 very few. We must go back into the word. This time, not as people of the word but as spiritual beings, as sheep among wolves, so we can shout and scream to hold us at the top of our lungs that the gate is open, that Jesus Christ is the gate, he is the door, he is the way to the Father. Jesus is alive. Come out of your prison. Wake up. This world is not a palace. This world is a prison. We're just on a journey. This is not our home. This world is temporary. Don't relax. Don't be comfortable. This is not your best life yet. This world is coming to an end. Wake up. Believe in Jesus and be saved. The gospel is the most urgent and important message since Jesus' death. Since his death, since his burial, since his resurrection, and it still is the most urgent and important message ever. The gate is open. We are free. But we need to be aware of it. And how do people become aware of it? By letting them know. You are saved so you can put all this to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 to 15 tells us, Then how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one that they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they've not unless they've been sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. We've been sent into the world and given a ministry of reconciliation. So we must go out and preach so people can hear. No Christian can afford to be a reserved or private Christian. You are needed to take the good news to others so that they can see and taste that the Lord is good. Romans chapter 1, 16 to 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in a gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. I must preach the gospel. You must preach the gospel. We must preach the gospel. For woe unto us if we don't. God help us. 
We must not be held back by what people would say. We must not shrink back by what people would think. We must bring life, love, and truth to them. We must go out and plant and water and pray that the God of the harvest will bring growth. We might get soil on us. We might get manure on us. We might get dirt on us. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about persecution, suffering, rejection. We might get all that on us, on our body, but it's okay. We must take it all joyfully. We must take it all for Jesus. One more so for Jesus, one more soul must know that the gate is open and can come out of the prison into the freedom of Jesus. God help us all, and you know best believe that God is with us. Emmanuel, because he is with us, we can be strong and courageous because we know the one who is in and with us. The one in us is greater than the one in the world, so we can go out and do all that he has called us to do fearlessly. We live by faith. We are believers. We believe. We believe. We believe. So my brothers and sisters, in the next part of this series, we are going to discuss some practical ways that we can preach the gospel to others. How we should preach the gospel to others, okay? So God bless you so much. Thank you for listening. And always remember that you are eternally loved by God. Bye-bye. Love you.